You know what time it is? Time for more football reaction. That's not good. Time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he's a bomb. I think he's an absolute bomb. Time to crack open a high noon. This is the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Oh, yeah! From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Strofe. The Optimism Hour starts right now. This season ain't dead yet. The Green Bay Packers win in overtime over the Dallas Cowboys last night at Lambeau Field. Oh, baby, am I feeling good on this Monday morning. It's been a long time since we've been able to call a Monday Victory Monday. I welcome you to the Optimism Hour. I'm Alex Strofe here with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios on the best damn radio station in the state. That's 100.5 ESPN. Oh, man, I am still feeling good more than uh, more than 12 hours removed from this thing. Whew. We did it, baby. Packers snapped the five-game losing streak. They ruined Mike McCarthy's home, homecoming. They're back on the right track. I'm feeling really optimistic today. Feeling really, really optimistic today. Let me hear it from you. How are you feeling? This season's still dead? 844-770-3776. Or are you with me? Packers still got a real shot at this thing. 49ers uh, pulled it out on Sunday Night Football over the Los Angeles Chargers. If they would have lost that game, the Packers only would have been a half game out of the playoffs. It's wild. But the 49ers got to ruin the optimism, but they ain't ruining the optimism hour here on ESPN Madison. As we do each and every week, it is time to get to the first three things. These are the first three things. First things first. Great players are remembered by great moments. Michael Jordan is remembered for winning three straight titles two different times. LeBron James is remembered as bringing really bad teams to NBA Finals. Tom Brady is remembered as winning the biggest game. Aaron Rodgers will be remembered for giant moments that turn things around. R-E-L-A-X, run the table. And the 2022 Green Bay Packers season when he ruined Mike McCarthy's homecoming. Aaron Rodgers uh, said last week something along the lines of, we've got two games in a week at home, Dallas and Tennessee. We win both of those. We're 5-6. and six. This thing looks a little bit different. 50% of that has been accomplished. Aaron Rodgers last night on the turning point of the season. Hopefully a turning point that leads us to go on a streak. But that was a chance for guys to, that's yeah, not our season. Three and seven, what are we doing in the offseason? It's not going to be our year. Sometimes you can't explain the feelings that you have and the energetic waves that maybe come and go during the week. But I just had a feeling all week we are going to win this game. And I wish it was like that every single week. I also wish it was like that every single week, and maybe it can be from this point forward. We've talked a lot on this show after Packer games, the day after Packer games when we do the show, about the lack of complimentary football that the Green Bay Packers have played this year. I've talked a lot about Matt LaFleur, right? What we've learned about Matt LaFleur is he does things early in a game to set things up later in the game. 
I felt like we didn't see that at all in the 2022 season prior to yesterday. I felt like, shoot, we didn't even see that in two straight drives up until yesterday. Yesterday was the first time in the 2022 NFL season that the Green Bay Packers have played a complete game. Every quarter felt like it was setting something up for later. The entire offensive game plan felt like it was setting things up as that game moved on. And when the Packers faced a 14-point deficit in the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, I never felt like they were out of it. In any other game this year, if the Packers were down, and when they were down by 14 points or more, I think all of us said, yeah, they're out of it. This game's over. The Packers lost. But for some reason yesterday, I didn't feel that way. Felt, hey, they're running the ball efficiently. Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball efficiently. They're making things happen. Complimentary football was played yesterday at Lambeau Field for the Green Bay Packers. First time all season. And maybe this is me being an eternal optimist. Maybe this is me being way too big of a fan. Or maybe this is just the case. The Packers may have figured it out offensively. Maybe. We won't know until Thursday. But that's what that game showed me, is they finally have found the key to winning the game. And that is something we've been saying a lot this season. Run the damn football. Which they did. 39 times yesterday. And they did a damn well job of it. Aaron Jones, 138 yards and a touchdown on the ground. A.J. Dillon averaged five yards a carry. Finished with 65 yards. Aaron Rodgers only threw the ball 20 times. Completed just about 75% of his passes and threw three touchdowns. That's the game plan. That's how you win football games. And Dallas is a good football team. And Hunter Vaughn is running the show for us. We'll get to you. I know you're feeling sad. He's a Cowboys fan. But that, Dallas is a good football team, right? Da- the Dallas Cowboys are a good football team in, in the NFC. And the Green Bay Packers picked them apart exactly how they need to. That gives me faith moving forward. That gives me faith. Maybe this is the turning point of the Packers season. The second thing. Matt LaFleur is a damn good football coach. I know we've had our doubts in this five-game losing streak. But I've always said he deserves the benefit of the doubt. And I want you to listen to this back and forth he had with Jason Wildey, who you hear right before us on Wildey and Tausch, 9 to noon every day here on 100.5 ESPN. Matt LaFleur is the epitome of what I want in a head football coach. Here's Matt LaFleur after last night's win. Speaking of not seeing things from people's personalities, um, you said it was hard for you not to get emotional after the game. We don't get to see that from you very often. What did that look like, and, and what did it feel like for you? Because you have been standing up there talking about a lot of things in the last five weeks from us. Um, yeah, it was it was more when I went into my home locker. I, I, I had to kind of gather myself quickly and, and then talking in front of the team. Um, you know, I care about these guys, and... Um, you know, like we put a lot into this and it is tough at times and just, and I apologize, but it means a lot to us. Um, and to, to be down and to fight and continue to fight. That's what you want to see. I don't mean to make this awkward. I apologize. It's not awkward at all. You know, I love that kind of stuff. 
I love Wildy, man. It's not awkward at all. You know I love that kind of stuff. I do too, man. Matt LaFleur getting choked up on the podium. That's a tough streak after all the success he's had at the beginning of his NFL head coaching career. And to respond, to have his team respond the way they did yesterday was awesome. I understand why you'd get emotional. It's really hard to lose five games in a row after you won 13 games the first three seasons of your career. I love it. I love Matt LaFleur as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I love everything they did yesterday. There was one moment in particular, though, that stood out above the rest. The final thing. Three, that's the magic number. Three. It's the magic number. All right, so there was a moment that stuck out at the end of regulation yesterday. Um, Aaron Rodgers comes off the field and is barking at Matt LaFleur. And for the second week in a row, the national TV cameras caught all of it. Right? I'm not an excellent lip reader, but essentially it was something along the lines of, what the hell are we doing? Right? Maybe a little bit more dirty than that, but you get my point. Uh, It was an interesting moment, though. And Aaron Rodgers explained what happened there. And I really liked Rodgers' response on this. Let's take a listen. So essentially... I'll bring you into the moment. The question was, Aaron, what were you so mad about at the end of regulation? Just every single play call, probably. Is there a reason those play calls were upsetting to you? Yeah, I feel like we were like 30 yards from end of the game in regulation. And also felt like it was two minutes, so I was going to be calling those, and I was in a pretty good rhythm. Obviously, I didn't have a ton of attempts tonight, but it felt like I was in a pretty good rhythm. I felt like I threw the ball just about exactly where I wanted to tonight. And so I wanted a chance to go win the game. Rodgers wanted a chance to go win the game. I'm not going to tell a four-time MVP, nah. Just hasn't been your year, brah. You can get a chance to win the game. That's what Matt LaFleur did. He wanted to run the ball, and they were doing it effectively. And we've been telling him all season long, hey, Matt LaFleur, run the damn football. So I get it. But I like that Rodgers, A, wanted an opportunity to go win the game in regulation. And B, I like that he was honest about it. He didn't like the play calls. And it doesn't seem like there's a you know there's a rift in their relationship, right? I, I feel like LaFleur and Rodgers have one of the best coach-quarterback relationships in the National Football League. Does Aaron Rodgers wear the pants in that relationship? Maybe. But the fact that he can go to the podium, what, not 20 minutes after the game ends, and be that honest, I love it. I love it. I like that he went up there and was honest, and he held LaFleur accountable. I really dug that answer from Aaron Rodgers. And I know a lot of us have been hard on Rodgers, including me, uh, on the way he's handled himself the last couple of years. But hey, you want honesty? You got it there from Aaron Rodgers. He didn't like the play calls at the end of regulation. Now, it ended up working out. Mason Crosby hit the game winner in overtime. There may have been a bad holding call against the Dallas Cowboys, but we don't need to focus on that. That is correct. <laughs> Overall, the Packers win. There was a lot to feel good about in that win over the Dallas Cowboys last night, a final of 31-28. to 28. A lot of things to feel good about, right? Like I said earlier, I mean, that was the first game of complimentary football we saw all game, all year rather, from the Green Bay Packers. It was the first game in which they – saw a deficit of 14 points or more, and I thought to myself, eh, they're not out of this yet. This game is not over. And shoot, they had a chance to win it at the end of regulation, but Aaron Rodgers not in love with the play call. So I want to ask you, 
How are you feeling, right? I, I view this as the turning point of the season. If they lose on Thursday, I'll tell you on Friday I was wrong. But I view this as the turning point because if the Pack- Packers won last night, they're four and six. They win at Lambeau on Thursday. They're five and six with a mini bye going to Philadelphia. And man, oh man, are they going to be big underdogs going to Philly next Sunday night, uh, two weeks from yesterday? I don't know, man. There's something about putting a chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. I talk about it all the time. Aaron Rodgers is maybe one of the best athletes ever when it comes to playing with a chip on his shoulder. Think about it for a second. Right, let's go back to uh, April of 2020. Hunter Vaughn is running the show for us. Do you remember something maybe the Green Bay Packers did April of 2020 that may or may not have put a chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder? Uh, was that that uh, draft pick in the yeah. first round? Yeah, yeah it sure was. Love. Yeah, it yeah. was exactly that. The Packers drafted. Uh, let me rephrase that. The Packers traded up to draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement. And what did Aaron Rodgers do, Hunter, that following season? MVP. And then what did he do the very next season? MVP. Exactly. And now all of a sudden the Packers start the season awful, 3-5. and five. Everybody's counting them out. Is Aaron Rodgers done? Is Aaron Rodgers washed up? Father time is undefeated. Is Aaron Rodgers done? No. Aaron Rodgers needed to adjust. This Packers offense, by all means, still has a lot of question marks. But yesterday was the perfect step in the right direction, and I'm feeling incredibly optimistic. This season is not over. Still a lot, a lot of things that need to happen. By no means are the Packers right back in it. But there's a lot of things to be optimistic of after that win over the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Season over? Season still alive? I, I want to know where you're, what, what you're feeling, right? Like I, I'm in the stage of total optimism, but there's still a lot that needs to go right. But yesterday showed me everything I feel like I needed to see. They finally put together a complete game, did the Green Bay Packers. That makes me think, yeah, NFC, we've kind of said all along, 9-10 wins might be enough. Now, they got to win all but one game uh, remaining on their schedule with seven left. they got to go 6-1. and one. That would put them at 10-7. and seven. I think that's enough to get in. They go 5-2, and two, that puts them at 9-8. and eight. That might even be enough. It's going to be tricky. You need some things to break your way. You go 5-2, and two, I think 9-8 and eight might be enough. But hey, you go 6-1 and one the rest of the way. That includes Thursday against Tennessee. I think you're in. So this season is not over, but you need to see what you saw yesterday seven more times. That's a big ask. It's a big ask. But I, uh, I remember, and I know we got to get the break, but I, I remember back on September 2nd, we did the debut high noon hour which is what this is, is the high noon hour. I'm Alex Strofe, Hunter Vaughn with you as well here on ESPN Madison. I said something along the lines, Hunter, of the first half of the season is going to be weird. And then maybe this offense will figure out what their identity is, and they'll go on a roll. And guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure, Sammy Watkins can get going, and they'll understand this offense. And then Aaron Rodgers can do what Aaron Rodgers does, and that is win ball games. I think that might be where we're at right now. I think this is the turning point of the Green Bay Packers 2022 season. Speaking of Christian Watson, holy smokes, that backflip was incredible. We'll talk about Christian Watson's breakout game after this. It is the high noon hour. 
More football reactions, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The trifecta says big game Burkhart. Audio courtesy of Fox. It's the high new. Eh, it's the optimism hour here on ESPN Madison. I'm Alex Strofe. We are, of course, brought to you by High Noon Seltzers. Hunter Vaughn with us running the show as well. Uh, so we've got a positive and a negative. I know Wildey and Tausch always do this on, on what today is a victory Monday, but on Mondays, they do positives and negatives. We've got a big positive and a big old fat negative to talk about in that wide receiver room. Uh, Hunter, I'm going to go ahead and let you dictate. We should start with the positive, right? Yeah. Let's start, start happy first. since it's the optimism hour. Yeah, let's yeah. start positive. All right, Christian Watson, the big positive. I mean, come on now. Guy was incredible yesterday. In the last three quarters in overtime, he was incredible. First quarter, a little rough for Christian Watson. Two drops. Yeah. yeah. Not good. No, but. I thought it was I thought it was interesting um, that Aaron Rodgers continued to go back to him, and he, he later explained it essentially. And this is more of that brutal honesty I was talking about before with Aaron Rodgers. He essentially said, eh, "We had a lot of plays designed for Christian Watson, so I didn't have much of an option but to go back to him." Yeah, at least you're honest. But he made the most of the opportunities: four catches, 107 yards, and those trifecta, three touchdowns for the rookie Christian Watson. You saw the speed on display. We were all oohing and on over when the Packers picked him in the second round earlier this year. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, which is unfortunate. But when he was out there, he was awesome. I mean, the, the speed on full display was terrific. Christian Watson showed flashes that, yeah, maybe he'll be a dude. Because it wasn't only the, the deep threat, right? The MVS, you know, one-trick pony deep threat. He also had, uh, you know, that third touchdown, the trifecta that Burkhardt just referred to, was just that that nice cross over the middle for I think it was nine yards, if I'm not mistaken. Might have even been shorter than that. Um, so yeah, I mean, Christian Watson, super impressive. Now, a is it sustainable? No, he's not going to have three touchdowns every game. But does Rodgers actually, you know, can he confide in him now? Right? Can he trust Christian Watson now? I think yes. I, I think that's what you saw in a big win over Dallas. Uh, so you got to be happy for Christian Watson and hope you, you have. there's more of that to come. Because we knew all offseason long we complained about it. That the Packers didn't make a real move for veteran wide receiver after trading away the best wide receiver in football. I don't know that Devontae Adams still holds that title after what Justin Jefferson did yesterday, but we'll get to that a bit later. Christian Watson has emerged as a top target for the Packers. No doubt about it. So I'm intrigued to see, you know, what his role is the rest of the year. I hope it's I hope it's a big one. I hope he emerges as wide receiver number two uh, behind Alan Lazard. Right, Alan Lazard is that security blanket. Now, Christian Watson's a the deep threat and b your number two option. And hope you know once Cobb comes back, and it sounds like he'll be back Thursday. Randall Cobb kind of slots in as another option. No pun intended. You have Sammy Watkins. Once Robio Dobbs returns in a few weeks, obviously, you know, Rodgers trusts him at this point. So, as we've said all along, maybe this wide receiver core is starting to figure it out with Aaron Rodgers. And this is an offense that can get back 
to the potency level we, we know and love. Now, I know there's no Devontae Adams, but you've got the best one-two punch in your backfield. They proved it again yesterday in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. If you have guys, step up at that wide receiver position behind Alan Lazard, right? Christian Watson. As I mentioned, when Robio Dobbs comes back in a few weeks, when Randall Cobb ultimately comes back, whether it's this week against Tennessee or next week against Philly, this squad's, this squad's got a chance. They've got a chance. So that's the positive is Christian Watson. Who? The one big fat negative from Sunday's win over Dallas. The big fat negative. And it's been a negative several times this year. <sighs> Amari Rodgers. Is he still on the team? They haven't cut him yet, right? I haven't seen anything that they've cut him yet. I'm shocked that it's taken this long. Should have happened on October 23rd to begin with. I saw this unbelievable stat, Hunter. Unbelievable stat. I had to double check it um, on Twitter. This came from Tyler Brook. Verified account. Didn't pay for verification. Real verified account. He tweeted, uh, Amari Rogers, rather. Amari Rogers' career catches. Eight. Amari Rogers' career fumbles. Seven. Oof. And I, I saw that. I go, this has to be a joke, right? Like, that can't be real. So I went on to Pro Football Reference. Sure enough. That's real. Amari Rodgers has one more catch than he has fumbles in his NFL career. That is entirely unacceptable. Let's look at it this way. Let's, let's use my job as an example, sure? Okay. If I have eight really good shows, but seven really bad shows, you think I'm still on the air for a 16th show? No. I don't either. I don't either. Right? If... um. You know, it, let's let's use a, a teacher, right, or a professor. You teach eight pretty good, pretty good lessons, eight good lessons, just good enough. You did your job there, right? You, you, you neutral lessons; they were good enough. But you had seven classes that you taught as a teacher. That students are going to the principal and saying, "Yeah, that didn't sit right with me," or "Yeah, no, I really didn't learn anything." I don't think you're teaching a sixteenth class. It's actually irresponsible at this point that the Packers still have Amari Rodgers on the active roster. I'd rather see Jawan Winfrey on the active roster. Samari Toure on the active roster. Shoot, Hunter, I'd rather see you on the active roster at wide receiver and punt returner than I would want to see Amari Rodgers on Thursday against the Tennessee Titans. See, I'd go out there and block, be another Alan Lazard, <laughs> goon type of guy. Dude, he's a great blocker, by the way. like th- Those are things that don't get noticed uh, as much as obviously receptions do. Al Lazard is really, really good in this Matt LaFleur offense. Total side note. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely correct. I am blown away that Amari Rodgers still has a job. And we know Ryan Gutekunst, right? Like, we know he doesn't admit his mistakes. We know he's not good at, um, you know, cutting his draft picks, trading his draft picks, saying he was wrong, saying he whiffed on a draft pick. That's something Brian Gutekunst has not been good at in his tenure. So if, if they're so naive and stubborn, what can we do here? Can we, can we, can we lower him? I, I guess I don't know the rules. Can they put him on the practice squad? Do that. I think they can, right? Yeah, it's just with, I'm sure, what they're paying him. That's a lot to be paying just to sit on a practice well, squad. You, but nobody's going nobody's gonna to pick him up. I mean, you heard the stat I just read, right? Any, any general manager with a brain is going to say to themselves, yeah, like this guy just doesn't have it. See, eight catches, seven fumbles. That's insane. 
I know this probably won't happen, but Amari Rogers, I feel like, is the type of guy that needs to get used to like make money work in a trade and just get a fresh start somewhere. I'm not a super big yeah. fan of, and we're going to talk about somebody maybe losing their job a little bit later in the show during quick hits. But I am not. I'm not a huge fan of saying guys need to just get fired. No, lose I'm, their job. I'm not either, Hunter. But Amari just needs a fresh start somewhere else, different yeah. system, different scenery, and see if he can make it work there because it's not happening in Green Bay. Yeah, we've talked about it several times on the show, right? Like I, I am a huge proponent of a change of scenery. It can be really good for some guys. Hey, how about Rudy Ford yesterday? Right, comes over from Jacksonville, has two interceptions. Rasul Douglas last year, Devondre Campbell last year, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith a few years back, right? Like a change of scenery can be really good for guys. It's time for Amari Rodgers. It's time to make a decision. It's time to admit he has not been what you thought he was. Because anybody else that you throw in there, and obviously I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek about you, Hunter, no offense, but like there are plenty of other NFL-level wide receivers or skill guys that can take his spot and do just as much, if not, and probably more than he's done so far in his tenure. So tinfoil hat time. Yeah, I love it. Are they maybe keeping him on the roster because of the injuries for one? Yeah. But then two, if you get rid of him, they're going to have to, with the way the team is constructed right now, probably go with Juwan Winfrey. Mm -hmm. So instead, they're keeping him until they can get Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) and then get rid of him to free up that roster spot. Well, bad news is uh, I saw – Odell whittled down his uh, top four options, and unfortunately, Green Bay was not one of them. But Dallas was, and now that Dallas lost, maybe they get bumped off. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I mean, yeah. I I, I like the tinfoil hat method, but no, I don't think that's the case. I, I, I just don't understand, right? Like, clearly, you can't put him back at punt returner again. You just can't. He, he has made too many crucial mistakes. If they lost that game yesterday, I'm spending the entire show on Amari Rodgers. But instead, you had the Christian Watson breakout game. I haven't spent nearly enough time saying how great Rudy Ford was, but you get the point there. If Amari Rogers fumbles or fumbles that punt and Dallas wins that football game, he does not have a job today. Since Green Bay won, I don't know that they'll cut him. We're past the trade deadline, so you're not getting a six-round pick for him. I don't know what you do with him. It's maybe good news I'm not the general manager, but it's it's beyond repair. Like, you can absolutely not trust him to return punts anymore. They put out Kashawn Nixon for the rest of the game, and I thought he did a fine job, right? Not a terrific job by any means, but given the circumstances, I thought he was fine. So, anyway, that's uh, that's my take on Amari Rodgers. I'm just, he needs to go away. All due respect, right? Uh, and I'm with you uh, on the fact, you know, I don't like calling for people's jobs, but when we look at it through that scope, eight receptions, seven fumbles. As a wide receiver in the National Football League, that is completely unacceptable. You have proven time and time again, every and he's still getting opportunities. Rodgers said it at the beginning of the season. Aaron Rodgers said it at the beginning of the season. He's returning punts for us right now. That's all I've got on that. And he, he's not returning punts. He's fumbling punts. He's done it several times now this season. The Amari Rodgers experiment needs to be over and done with. I've had enough of it. And I think every Packers fan has. I mean, the number one moment on Twitter yesterday during the game was not when the Packers won in overtime. It was when Amari Rodgers fumbled the football. Everybody went on Twitter and expressed their displeasure. I mean, that was the biggest moment of the game. You know it's bad when, as a fan of the team that lost, 
I feel bad for Packer fans having to deal with Amari Rodgers. They win that game in regulation if he doesn't fumble that punt. You know that, right? I mean, that game's – and by the way, not to mention the Mason Crosby missed field goal in the first quarter. Right? The Packers have multiple opportunities to win that game in regulation. Three of them. Right? You had the missed kick in the first quarter. You had the fumbled punt. And then that last drive of regulation uh, for the Packers where Aaron Rodgers was all fired up on the sideline. So they're lucky they won that game in overtime because they had several opportunities in regulation. And, you know, between the missed kick and the fumble, phew, almost blew your chances on those. Anyway, it's the high noon hour, the optimism hour. I'm Alex Strofe, Hunter Vaughn with us as well. We are, of course, brought to you by High Noon. May you always live like the sun's out. High Noon seltzers made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water for 100 calories of easy drinking and take anywhere deliciousness with no sugar added. And always gluten-free. You can't go wrong with High Noon. Try all of their 13 different sun-soaked flavors. Got to try the pineapple. Peach is good, too. Available in Tailgate Tropical 8-packs and Variety 8 or 12-packs. Find High Noon at your favorite grocery or liquor store, and you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. I haven't heard if anybody won those 20 Gs. I got I to gotta hear back on that. I, I don't know if uh, you had the opportunity the last couple months to go scan the QR code. Somebody win 20K? Did you win 20K? Let me know. 844-770-3776. Also asking, how you feeling? This season's still alive. I'm optimistic. I think the Packers can still make the playoffs. Now, got to eliminate pretty much every loss. But the way that team looked yesterday, I think they can compete with anybody. Give me Buffalo again, damn it. Optimism Hour continues as we do some NFL quick hits after this right here on ESPN Madison. You're listening to the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 844-770-3776. The Optimism Hour rolls on here on ESPN Madison. It is the high noon hour. I'm Alex Strofe with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison studios. Feeling good after that Packers win yesterday, baby. How are you feeling? 844-770-3776. I'm saying this season ain't over. Pump the brakes a little bit. This season is not over for the Green Bay Packers. A lot of things have to go their way, including winning probably six of their last seven games. But this season is not over. Yesterday showed me. This team may be figured out. They finally played complimentary football. They finally put together a complete game. We've been waiting a long time to say that. That makes me feel really good. Mike and Madison on the text line. I don't want to say they're playoff bound, but that feels like a jinx. But something shifted in the fourth quarter, and there is reason to be hopeful for the Green Bay Packers. Something shifted in the fourth quarter. They scored 14 points there. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, Packers down 14. I didn't feel like they were out of it which any other game this season, I would have said, yeah, game's over. I'll see what else is on. I mean, what other games are on? How are the Rams doing? You know what I mean? Like, But yesterday, they had the ball beginning of the fourth quarter down 14, and Fox shows this incredible stat. The Cowboys, when they lead and by 14 points or more in the fourth quarter, they're 195-0. and I was so mad when they showed that stat. I, thought I knew to myself, that number, I thought and to I was myself, so mad that they showed it. I, I thought to myself at that very moment, who better? To put one in that loss column, then the Cowboy killer Aaron Rodgers. He's eight and two against them. Yeah, I just I hate seeing his stupid face every hey, time he hey, plays hey, the Cowboys. Relax, I hate it. Relax. I hate it. Reminder: Hunter Vaughn, our producer, uh, 
Cowboys fan. So he's uh, what did you call this weekend the worst weekend of your life? Did I hear that correct? Yes. Why is that? I was sick on Saturday. Yep. So you missed our college game day. Yep. yep. Which I love doing that show with you every Saturday. Thanks, Hunter. Right back at you. And then the Badgers lost. Yeah. And then the Cowboys lost. So like it was just a trifecta of suck for me through the weekend. <laughs> I hated it. Trifecta suck. Uh, how about a trifecta of rock and roll from Christian Watson? Uh, JJ and Poinette on the text line. I hate calling for anyone's firing like you guys, but I'm aware everyone else is on Amari. Yikes. But I'm optimistic, says JJ in point out. How you feeling, Packers fans? 844-770-3776 is your way in to the show. Hey, I got to encourage you to get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle. Uh, Disney Plus, it's the holidays, so obviously all the holiday movies on Disney Plus, but you get the Marvel movies, you get Star Wars, you get all, all sorts of great stuff for the kids and, and for the families. And you know when it's movie night, like me and my lady did last night, you can go over to Disney Plus. But you also get ESPN Plus. And let me tell you what you get on ESPN+. Plus. Not only do you get the 30 for 30 documentaries, award-winning. Not only do you get Peyton's Places, do you get some college basketball games that maybe not be, that, that are not on TV, only on ESPN+. Plus. You get unrivaled PGA access when it's golf season. And you get unrivaled UFC access. And I utilize that unrivaled UFC access on Saturday. I know we don't talk about UFC on the radio for some reason, but I'm going to do that right now for just a quick moment before we get back to NFL quick hits. UFC 281 on Saturday was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was maybe the best UFC. I, it seems like I've been saying that a lot in 2022. But UFC 281 might have been the best UFC card I've ever watched. I mean, all the way down to like uh, Aaron Blansfield and Molly McCann was an early fight. And uh, Molly McCann, big favorite. And Aaron Blansfield comes in and punches her out. Or, excuse me, uh, Kamara's, Kamara Lock, right? First round submission. Very next fight, you're thinking, ah, oh, Dominic Reyes, he's got Ryan Spann, no problem. Ryan Spann knocks him out in the first round. And then the main event of the evening, Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya, championship fight. Goes the distance to five rounds. I, I was saying to myself, right, round one, round two, round three, round four. If those are five minutes, ten seconds. This, this fight's over four times. We get in the fifth round. Looks like Israel Adesanya is cruising. He's going to retain. Pereira knocks him out. Just gives him the work. Man, punch after punch after punch, and the ref calls it. Um, probably a little early, but nonetheless, incredible fight. And you can get an incredible UFC access on ESPN+. Plus. Go to ESPNMadisonBundle.com uh, to sign up for the Disney Plus ESPN Plus bundle. That's ESPNMadisonBundle.com. Perfect time. Holidays, and give it as a gift. I mean, it's awesome. ESPNMadisonBundle.com. Your way in on that UFC 281. Behind the Packers win. That was the highlight of the weekend, right? For me, it went Packers win, number one. Number two, UFC 281 was thrilling. And number three, Badgers lost to Iowa. Woof. That was tough. That was tough. What did you think of that game, Hunter? Um, I said a lot of ni- not nice things about the Packers' offense. I was glad I was alone in my apartment. My <laughs> wife was gone on a vacation, so I could just vent out loud to myself. Almost called into the show, but the cough was way too bad Fair for enough. me to make it through. I was not happy at all. Yeah, if you missed any of our post-game analysis, go find it, uh, Wisconsin On Demand or wherever you get your podcast. Just search Wisconsin College Game Day. Me, Brad Nortman, Colin Russo. We broke it down for two hours following Wisconsin's loss on Saturday. So you can get plenty of coverage on Wisconsin On Demand of that. But as we do each and every week right here on the High Noon Hour, it's time to go around the NFL. The four things Hunter and I, uh, that stood out to Hunter and I over the weekend, it's time for NFL Quick Hits. Who stood out? Who stunk it up? 
What, what, what do you mean I stink? You stink. Why don't you go take a shower? Let's go around the league. This is Quick Hit. First down. Starting off with the only game that I really enjoyed watching this weekend, it was that Vikings-Bills oh, game. Oh, man. Game of the year. So good. Game of the year. Vikings win it in overtime, 33-30. to Are the Vikings the best team in the NFL now? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, no, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs are second. The Minnesota Vikings are third. They're top three team. The Vikings are legit. Um, and that's, I don't think any of us saw that coming, right? I didn't think I'd be sitting here right now with the Minnesota Vikings. What are they now? Eight and one, if I'm not mistaken. They look awesome. I had three big takeaways from that game. Number one is Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in football, bar none. Justin Jefferson owns that title now. You're going to disagree? You're giving me a face. No, I'm giving you a face because you stole my second down. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we can get to that in a second, but that's my big takeaway from that game. The other takeaway is. The Bills have problems, and so does Josh Allen. Josh Allen is still making some really bad mistakes. They win that game, but he fumbles on the goal line, and the Vikings score a touchdown. He's got some real problems still. Josh Allen does. And, and you know, when when uh, the Bills beat the Packers the other week, you're thinking, uh, all right, those, those late interceptions, he was just toying around. They have a big lead, no big deal. Uh-uh. That's not the case. I think Josh Allen's got some real issues still, which I, I was ready to I was ready to put him on the pedestal, right? Like, as one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, which I still think he is. But he's got some real issues. Um, and then, yeah, my third takeaway is the Vikings, probably the second-best team in the NFC, third-best team in the NFL as it stands right now. They're legit. They, they have a real shot to make it to the Super Bowl. They'll find a way to screw it up. They always do, right? You know, yeah, they, we'll end up getting Vikings-Packers in the first round of the playoffs in Minnesota. The Packers will beat them or something like that, right? And they'll lose in, on some unbelievable way. Uh, so those are kind of my big takeaways from that game. But let's go to second down. We can continue that conversation. Second down. So you mentioned it in your three big takeaways. Who is the best wide receiver in the NFL? Is it now Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I think, I think he deserves that title after yesterday. And, um, you know... W- when the Packers were going through the draft thing, right, and when after they traded Devontae and they were going to go, we, we expected them to take a wide receiver in the first round. My big thing was, you know, calm down. What we're seeing out of rookie wide receivers the last two years and Jamar Chase last year and Justin Jefferson two years ago is just unheard of, right? These wide receivers don't make immediate impacts that quickly. Christian Watson might beg to differ after last night's performance, but ultimately you don't see that. You see that out of very, very special players. And Justin Jefferson is officially one of those unbelievably special players. Guy's the new Randy Moss. I'm ready to say, yeah, I think he's the best receiver in football, and I think he will be for several years. Third down. We talked about Jeff Saturday last week. He won his first NFL game as a head coach, 25-20, to against the Las Vegas yeah. Raiders. The Raiders are now 2-7. and seven. Does Josh McDaniels need to start packing his bags? He's the uh, head coach of the Raiders. Yeah, I would think so. Um, look, I am uncertain. Um, you know, what the hell is going on in Las Vegas? I say this every week, seemingly, but I'm going to do it again right now. Before the season, I thought the AFC West was the most intriguing storyline of the National Football League. Goodness gracious, was I wrong. As the Chargers lose on Sunday Night Football, the Broncos lose to the Titans, and the Raiders fall to the Jeff. Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. By all means, the Colts have a talented roster. But come on. Don't act like you're not impressed. I am impressed, Will Ferrell. I am. I am, Anchorman. 
look, I I was blown away by this. Um, you know, Jeff Saturday can now be called Jeff Sunday. Am I right? Boo. <laughs> Fourth down. We're going to go back to the NFC North with the Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields. Oh, boy. He finished with 167 passing yards, two touchdowns, 147 rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. I want to know from you, Strofe, what does Justin Fields need to do to get into the MVP conversation? Uh, look, I, th- that's inter- it's an interesting question because he is playing out of his freaking mind. But they lost. I don't think the MVP can be on a non-playoff team. I don't know that that's ever happened, to be real honest with you. Uh, to get into the conversation, keep scoring four touchdowns a game, I guess. But I don't think he'll be in it, regardless. Uh, but I will say this. I tweeted that I'll only say it once, so I'm going to read the tweet word for word. But technically, I'd be saying this twice. I tweeted this last night, or yesterday afternoon, rather. I will only say this once. Justin Fields is fun to watch. Hunter, what's scary is, don't tell Jim Rutledge I said this, please. Please don't tell Jim Rutledge I said this. Who's coming up next? Anybody uh-huh. listening? Anybody? Everybody listening, keep this far away from Jim Rutledge's ear holes. It'll be our own little secret. Yep, keep it between us, please. Do not tell Jim Rutledge I said this. The Bears got their guy. The Bears have their quarterback of the future. It's Justin Fields. He is really coming along. He is oozing confidence. And he is becoming one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the National Football League. Probably second best behind Lamar. I mean, he is he is good. And once that team gets an offensive line in front of him, uh-oh, I think the Bears might be a playoff team. Not this year, but in a couple of years. I mean, it is it is crazy. They're showing the graphic on, on SportsCenter right now on ESPN. The most rushing yards by a quarterback in a two-game span Justin Fields just broke that record, 325 yards, breaking uh, the record formerly held by Tobin Rote, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 1951. Tobin Rote. Who? Exactly. Who? Tobin Rote. Who? Good for Justin Fields, I guess. Don't tell Jim Rutledge I said that. We wrap up the high noon hour after this. More football reactions, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. It's a secret. Don't tell Jim Rutledge what I said about Justin Fields. The High Noon Hour rolls on here on ESPN Madison. I'm Alex Strofe with you for a few more minutes as we wrap up our coverage. Uh, JJ and Poinette feeling pretty passionate on the text line about the Minnesota Vikings' uh, success so far. He just says the way they're winning is not sustainable, which is true. While you make a lot of your own luck, you can't rely on other teams giving you the game. It's very true. Josh Allen kind of handed them the game on a silver platter. But that's to my point about Josh Allen, right? Like He he actually does have some turnover issues and, and mistake issues. So uh, something to keep an eye on there. Also something to keep an eye on is your cover five scores for the weekend. Uh, not my best work. I've been having some real good success. Uh, I, I had a top 100 finish the last two weeks. Not going to do that this year. Or this week, rather. Uh, I finished with 9.5 points this week, which puts me 395th out of uh, about 1,300. Uh, almost 1,400, actually. You did better than me. I had minus 5.5. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh helped me out a lot. 12.5 points from them. Uh, Green Bay as, as well. I picked the Packers. They helped me out as well. Eight yeah, points. I went with the Cowboys. They kind of... Uh... You blew it! Yeah, wide Buffalo. Minus nine and a half. 
Ouch. Yeah, so that didn't help. But Cover 5, really fun, addicting game that you can play for free on the app or on the website, Cover5.com. All you do is pick five games against the spread. And if you take first place in our group, which you can join using code WI22, you win $100. Take first place, $100. All you do. So how it works is you pick five games against the spread, but you don't get points if your team does cover or doesn't cover. You get points by how much or how much they don't cover by, right? So as I just said, the Green Bay Packers were five-point underdogs. They won by three. Eight points for Green Bay. Buffalo was six-and-a-half-point favorites. They lost by three. Minus nine-and-a-half points for Buffalo. The Chargers, Sunday Night Football last night, I picked them. They were seven-point underdogs to the San Francisco 49ers. They lost by six, so I get a point. Chad's up to nine and a half if you're doing the math at home. So there you go. All you got to do, pick five games against the spread every week. You win. You win $100 every week. If you win the whole season, which you can still win the whole season, that's what people forget. Even though the season's half over, you can still win the full season prize, which is a getaway at our Tundra Trio houses at Green Bay. Full game day experience. It's awesome. It's free to play, free to join. Promo code WI22 on the Cover 5 app or Cover5.com. All right. So, Hunter. I've called it the optimism hour. You're a Cowboys fan. Sadly. So I sadly. I want you to tell me what you saw yesterday from the Green Bay Packers. Do I have a right to be optimistic and say the season's not over? Yeah. I just my my issue with the Cowboys was the fact that they did things that they had never done all season long. And I feel like that's why they lost. I think so much of what the Packers did to win were two basically red zone interceptions. Those turn into field goals. This is a six-point game. Then the game's a little bit different. I think the Packers, this was the best game they've played all season, so that's where their optimism should your optimism should be. But I also think you need to pump the brakes a little bit, Packer fans. Like They still have a long way to go before I think they're competing with the likes of a Minnesota or a Philly in the NFC. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's a long way to go. I'm excited about that Philadelphia matchup next week on Sunday Night Football. I'll be a lot less excited if they lose to Tennessee on Thursday at Lambeau Field, if the Packers do. But if they beat Tennessee, they get a mini-buy and get the roll into Philly, 5-6, and six, big underdogs. I don't know, man. I don't hate that scenario. Put a chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. He typically succeeds. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today on the High Noon Hour. Reminder, if you missed any of today's show, Great conversation around the Packers win and my optimism uh, around the Packers. Feel free to download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Always appreciate when we see those podcast numbers bump up. Just search High Noon Hour wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Go to Wisconsin On Demand as well, the Wisconsin On Demand app. You can find it there. Uh, We do this every week, but hey, how about a little twofer this week? We'll be back with you on Friday. Friday after the Tennessee-Green Bay Thursday night game, we will break it down right after Wilde and Tosh beginning at noon on Friday. We'll talk to you in a couple days. This has been the High Noon Hour.